Amen. Now, I'd like you to go around and, and greet people. Shake their hands. Smile. Smile. If it's your husband or wife, you can hug them. I see some people hugging. Uh, shake their hands and smile. Wow. Welcome to church. Welcome to church. Welcome to church. God bless you. Welcome to church. Welcome to church. You may please be upstanding. You have, you have failed the exam again today. I was delaying for, for you to say. Amen. If you are standing, say amen. amen. If you are standing, say a believing amen. amen. Wow. Please put your hands together for the Lord. Amen. Yeah, you may please be seated. Wow. Say, have a great destiny. My future is better than my past. Greater days are ahead of me. Better days are ahead of me. Um, we have been having awesome time. Uh, I, I, I want to strongly recommend that you get the CDs at the end of the maybe end of the month, or if you can get it weekly, so you can build up. Uh, it is uh, wisdom that builds a great destiny. Foolishness destroys, and we, it's been awesome. Uh, we're talking about return to intimacy, and we try to drive it from the value of unity. Sometimes someone asks, why should I settle this matter with my wife or husband? Why should I forgive him or her? If you know what is at stake, then you know that living in unforgiveness will keep you grounded. Living in offenses will keep you grounded. So we, we, we started from Psalms one. Three, three. Uh, I think by now, if you're in this church, you should be a bit conversant with Psalms 133. Uh, it's a psalm on the blessing of unity. Psalms 133 uh, from verse 1. Um, you can open your devices, your Bibles. Let's um, go through Psalms 133 together. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in what? Unity. Somebody say unity. Okay. Uh, so when you hear the word unity, don't just see it as, okay, they say we should work together. Okay, they say we should not fight. No, uh, blessings are at stake. Destiny is at stake. Now, verse 2 says, when there is unity, particularly in a church, when uh, people are working together, the anointing, when God wants to bless a church, most of the time it passes the unction through the set man, the anointing, the power. Okay, so he said it is like the precious ointment upon where they had. Uh, that ran down upon the bed, even Aaron's bed, that went down to the skirts of his garments. Okay, so when a church is walking or walking in uh, walking in unity, the blessings of God, the anointing of God, released on the pastor, the Aaron of the house, the priest of the house, begins to flow to the people. So in a church. Where someone is walking in offense, sometimes in a church, maybe somebody hurt uh, a member of the church, maybe somebody's hurt and offended in the leadership. They, they, they are walking in like disunity. You find that the anointing on that church will not reflect in their lives. It happens in churches where somebody is a deacon or a deaconess or even a pastor or a leader and is always talking at the back against the church, always fighting everything. You find that that person will be going the opposite direction of the church. When people are getting blessed, they think will not show up in their life. When people are getting healed, because the unction flows to you when you are in unity. 
That's why we fight for unity, even in business. Some of you own your business. Some of you, uh, you're the head of a team at work. Ensure that you have unity. Without unity, there can be blessings. Without blessings, there can be increase. Let's look at that verse again, um, from verse 1. Verse 1, please. It says, Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Um, verse 2, it is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the bed. I, I see the bed more like the workers, the leaders. And then uh, even Aaron's bed that went down to the skirts of his garments, flowing to everybody. I pray that the blessing upon this house will manifest in your own life. In the name of Jesus Christ. I pray that the progress we register in this place will also manifest in your life in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray that the helps of God that happens in this assembly will happen in your own family in the name of Jesus Christ. Now look at verse 3. Verse 3 says, um, as the dew of Hammon, that is the place of unity, where there is unity, as the dew of Hammon, and as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion, for there, now that there means that place of unity. For there, the Lord commanded what? The blessing. And when you see blessing, it covers a lot of grounds. So a unified family is a blessed family. A unified church is a blessed church. A unified team is a blessed team. So for there, the Lord commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. So you want to see this happen in your household. When a family is not blessed, they struggle. When a family is divided against itself, nothing works. And of course, if you are Satan too, you will invest in this. Knowing that where there is division and disharmony, God's blessings cannot rest, then you want to invest a lot in strife. And that tells you why families go through all kinds of fights. Husband and wife. You set to one on Monday morning. Satan is trying to bring another one by Wednesday evening. You find that you wonder if Satan is trying to stop the blessing. You find even in the church where everybody's trying, you know, you want everyone to be happy and okay, but somebody's always coming up with one reaction and, and things like that. Satan invests a lot in strife. You need to know that in businesses, even in nations. I was describing the state of South Sudan in the second service. It's so horrible. A nation that got independence five years ago, the youngest nation on earth, everybody was happy. There are celebrations. Presidents of nations went there to celebrate with them. Just after their independence, fights started inside the country. Very like madness. But it's satanic. Two heavy tribes fighting each other, killing each other. And you know the challenge is in the army, those tribes are well represented. So anytime there's a little ignition, they begin to fight each other, the, the army. And they begin to kill civilians depending on which tribe you are from. Strife is satanic. So in James 3, uh, verse 16, uh, James says that um, for, for where there is what? Envying and what? Strife. There is confusion and every evil work. James 3, 16. One is too small to achieve greatness. And, you know, I... Okay, let's look at this verse. It says, for where envying and strife is, there is what? Confusion and every evil work. So you find that when Satan wants to perpetrate something heavy, he comes first with divisions. He comes first with fights and disharmony. And I made a plea in the second, first service. In my work 
with people, there are some individuals that they are prone to strife. I don't know where it's coming from. It could be something you are struggling with, uh, when your, your upbringing, or your temperament, or something you are trying to deal with. But as some individuals, anywhere you put them, they always fight. Some ladies are like that. Some guys are like that. They are always heady. They are always proving to know better than others. And if you're not careful, God will just isolate you. Because God, they said the spirit of creation is the let us spirit. Say, so let us make man in our what? Go and check it in. It wasn't let, I want to make man. The spirit of fruitfulness is the let us spirit. So if you are always independent, my own thing, my own idea, I know the way, you won't survive even in business. Somewhere along the line, blessings will not rest on your life. You'll be struggling. You can't achieve greatness by yourself. And by the way, you might need to eliminate the I, I in your vocabulary too much. Such people, they use I, I went there, I wrote it, I sent the message, I did this, I took that step. They use the I so much that they have become an idol to themselves. They believe so much in their intelligence and their capacity that they often degrade other people. They often look down on other people. Such people, when they are in a team, they cause fights. But you, even in this church, it can't work. You need to work with people. Pastors have to work together. Ministers have to work together. You can't say you're the only, you're the only minister. You're not a prime minister. That's not prime minister. You're a minister, you're a minister. Love each other in your worship team. Different kinds of people work in different places. Love each other. Because without that, you'll be a loner. Without that, you can't achieve anything. Two are better than one. For they have a better reward for their labor. Always know that. The scriptures cannot be broken. No matter how quiet your wife might be, very gentle. There is something she's bringing to the table that is making a difference in your life. If you move it out, then you will know. And the same way in your office or where you are, somebody might look so gentle, like incapable of some things, and in your mind you are thinking, only me can do it. A tree does not make a forest. So I pray you are delivered from that idolatry. It's actually idolatry. When you overfocus on yourself, you worship yourself literally unknowingly. You believe you are so super intelligent. You believe that you know how to do it. You are very strategic. You are, you are so much that you have become an idol to yourself. Uh, you will not diminish. Because on that frequency, you and God will have problems. Unity demands that you value other people. You respect other people. I mean, it's like salt in a stew. The amount of pepper is more than the salt, isn't it? You find the whole bowl full of pepper. And then you think because the salt is just a pinch, it's not necessary. They don't salt it. Just, if I don't use oil, stay alone. Since you are the only one that can do everything, so fry the pepper without oil. Cook it, even if I anyway. And see what it will turn out. Thank God for my wife. There are certain things she brings to the table. If you remove it, I won't be like this. I'm telling you, it's value and understanding. Some family matters, I will be angry at times, and she'll just calm me down. Let's do it like this. And it always works out fine. And sometimes you just sit down, and you say, ah, what if she wasn't even there? Only God knows how many things I would have mishandled in the family setting. One is too small. 
to achieve greatness. Now let's move on. So we, we, we also said that unity um, explodes the potential of your prayer life. Unity. Matthew 18 verse 19, sir, and Mars. Matthew 18 19. Says, if two of you shall what? Agree. These scriptures must be in your spirit. Matthew what? 18 verse 19. <laughs> it's not 15. Huh? Matthew 18 verse 19. Again, I say unto you, I hope we are listening. All the guys in the house, are we listening? Uh-huh. Because men at times feel so independent because it looks like you're the one earning the money. It looks like. That's that the only thing that matters in the house. It matters a lot, fine, but is that the only thing that makes the, um, the home? No. So again, I say unto you that if two, somebody said two, that if two of you shall agree, where? On earth, as touching what? Anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for, for them. One version says, anything will happen for them that they ask. So your, your prayer life, I mean, and this two means any two. It could be two friends. It could be two pastors in agreement. But the highest place of agreement is marriage. Anytime husband and wife are in agreement and they are praying over issues, you find answers happen on time. Compared to when one person is trying to push the sheep. No wonder scripture says one shall chase a thousand, two shall chase ten thousand. Because two or more explodes the potential of your spiritual output. So you can now see why Satan wants to divide. Because a kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. So Satan divides all kinds of things. We, we've talk, we talked a lot about excessive anger. Some ladies are given to anger. Any little thing, just begin to shout. Some men are like that. Just, just be reacting and fighting everybody. That's one major thing that divides families. In, the, in that mode of excessive anger, some wrong words are flying. You know, I hate your entire family. I don't know why I even married you in the first place. Look at you. You call yourself a man, a male factor, male indeed. Don't ever see yourself as a male in this life. When they look at men in this street, don't even compare yourself to them. You are nothing. You are nothing. And some women say that. And some men also talk to their wives anyhow. Look at you. You are your mother. You're just the same. Just the same. I went to your family. I was no wonder the food came late. Everything is coming late. You can't cook. Your mother can't cook. Your sisters can't cook. You're all cookless. I'm telling you. <laughs> cookless. And this man does not really mean what he's saying. It's because of the anger at that time. When he now comes down, the regret shows up. And words cut. Words kill. They're not handled well. Proverbs 12, verse 18. So one of the things that divide teams, that divides people, are wrong words used. Some people are gifted in that. They just talk, bam, without editing. Just say it as it's coming. And destroys intimacy. Any man will tell you when their wife dishonor them with words or attitude, they don't flow with her anymore. Until that thing is resolved, they flow back. Any woman will also tell you when my husband says certain things to me, I don't flow anymore. 
And when that continues too much, you find that a man and the man and the woman are not in harmony, though they are living together. And on that platform, it hinders their progress. So we must be conscious of this. Don't say, I'm this temperament, I'm that temperament. We must be responsible with the things we say. And anytime we make a mistake, we want to go ahead and, and, and apologize. Don't just talk to your husband anyhow. And don't use demeaning words for your wife. Stop it. Because that strife will cost you much more than you bargained for. Okay, look at, look, look at Proverbs 12, um, 18. Proverbs 12, 18. Are you here? Have you been caught by words before? Either by your boss or your mom or your dad. How did you feel? Did you feel intimate with them? No. See, there is he that speaketh like what? The piercings of a what? Some people are like that. The words, there is he that speaketh like the piercings of a sword, but the tongue of the what? Wise is what? Health. So the admonition is wisdom in the way you talk. Sometimes you see some men misbehaving while you are dealing with them, you need to tame the mouth of the woman. That your words are alienating your husband. Your words are moving him away. Some words bring harmony and some words create disharmony. That verse, I'd like you to look at it from, I think, message translation. Proverbs 12, 18. So when you're praying in tongues, message translation, please. Message translation. Um, when, when, when you use wrong words and the Holy Ghost clicks in your heart, work on it. Look at this. Rush, what? Cuts and what? Is that not powerful? Meme. We used to think it's only when somebody uses a cutlass. So some people, they have been maimed. Some wives are maimed. Some husbands have been maimed by what? Rash language. And anything that's cutting you, you don't get close to it. So this is the reason why sometimes in an office, some people hate their boss. Sometimes they hate their husband. Sometimes they don't really love their wife anymore because of this attitude. So we used to say over the years, mind your language. It can cost you a lot. 